0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Dez and Marco. I'm Dez. And I'm Marco. And this time we're on location in uh, Torremolinos in Spain. Literally face-to-face. Literally face-to-face. Although I made a mistake, it's not exactly Spain. We came here, we realized that it's basically a Dutch colony. For me, it's Spain with a few Dutch people, but for Marco it's a Dutch colony. Yeah, for me it's home. All the restaurants and all the bars... Here are very Dutch. But anyway, which beers have we picked for this episode, Des? We were quite limited on choice because, as Marco said, we are in mini Netherlands.
1: So I went to the local supermarket and they have their own artisanal range. And I don't know who it's brewed by, but it's a Spanish beer. Carrefour sensation. Sold by Carrefour. Uh, headquartered in madrid so it's the spanish car food. oh no here it goes brewed by la sagra brew cool. and mine is an ipa cerveza
0: artesanal and mine is a rubia or blonde sin filtrar or unfiltered like our podcast <laughs> unplugged so i will do my bottle
1: first because we've only got one bottle opener
0: and i'll pass it to marco cheers Also, this is like my fifth beer of the day. So I I, I don't know. Today was an easy day. But anyway, today we wanted to talk a little bit about the trip that we're having and that is now coming to a close, but also briefly talk about the news. So there was a Nintendo Direct, where Nintendo showcased the games that are going to come out between now and the end of the year. Yeah, basically nothing interesting. Um, I think there's the only... Couple of games worth mentioning are Dave the Diver that reviewed very very well and it's yeah. coming out now for the Switch in now in September. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's actually one of the games which was on my radar. I did want to talk about it because it's one of these indie games which sounds insane because the premise is you are Dave the Diver and you are a diver by day, having to do Stardew Valley sort of tasks in the ocean. Yeah. You know find fish protect fish do reefs this sort of stuff but then you have to manage a sushi restaurant by night
0: yeah so basically the fish you fish then you serve in the in the yeah so interesting premise the game reviewed really well for pc when it came out on steam and i'm really happy to see it on the switch because i think it's the, the the pixely graphic and the old school vibe really fits the console
1: Yeah, and the Switch has always been an indie darling. It's perfect as a platform for that sort of game. So I wouldn't say it's a highlight, but the only thing worthy of mention from the Nintendo Direct.
0: Yeah, pretty much. The only other thing maybe is, I cannot remember the title of it, but they showed a Princess Peach game, which is a 2D side-scroller, but Peach uses different costumes. Like, she's a fencer, she's a Tai Chi fighter. Apparently, like, each costume has its own mechanics and that gets you through the level so that that might be interesting but other than that nothing worth mentioning no Metroid prime four so (laughs) and no switch two and no switch two although there's rumors are saying that next year for sure but like end of next year then we had the um, apple fall event where usually the september one is the iphone and apple watch event and I don't know. I feel like these are getting a little bit boring because now everything is leaked beforehand.
1: Not only is everything leaked, but this year in particular there has been maybe one hardware change which was A not a surprise, B not Apple's idea and C still not executed to the best of its ability.
0: I think you're talking about USB-C. Of course I'm end. talking
1: about USB-C. Yeah. But the only phone where it's been implemented properly in the iPhone range is the iPhone 15 Pro Max. Is that the name?
0: Yeah, the Pro line.
1: Yeah, the Pro line, where they've taken advantage of USB-C speeds and ability to transfer files, et cetera, et cetera. On the standard iPhone 15 range, it's kind of limited to USB 2. Yeah. And that's a bit limited. And I know you can't make these direct comparisons between Apple and Android, but compared to android phones it's a little bit um, underwhelming cuz you know the charging speeds are low the transfer speeds are low uh, so you're kind of wondering well why make the change
0: yeah but at the same time i mean thank you european union for making this obligatory for for apple to do this because i hate having to carry around a lightning cable and a usb c for everything else and especially it it's been really counterintuitive what apple is doing because they moved everything else to usb c except for the iPhone, and I think the lower-end iPads. But when they talk about USB-C on the Mac, they talk about it as if it's the best thing ever, so why don't you put it on your best-selling product? But anyway, now it's there. Like you said, that's pretty much it. As in, there there were no surprises. One, because everything was leaked, but also it wasn't a particularly revolutionary...
1: um, No, not even new chips. I think the only phone to get a new chip was the... The, the pro range on the iPhone 15.
0: That's it. Yeah. And, but that's an interesting one because, you know, apart from the usual performance increases that now are marginal and the average user will probably not see a difference between this chip and last year's, they really, really, really focused on the GPU. So, to the point that it is probably as powerful as the major consoles out there, definitely more than a Switch. And in this keynote, they actually had people from, I believe, Capcom, or they showed games like AAA games, like Resident, the latest Resident Evil, yeah, can run on the iPhone 15 Pro. And so this is an interesting direction because we've already seen a hint of it with the last Macs and how powerful they are graphically. And now with the iPhone as well, maybe Apple is pushing into the gaming world. It's been trying to push into the gaming world for so long, but... But they have the hardware for it now. They
1: have the hardware, but they still expect developers to work within their walled garden. Think about Epic Games versus Apple. That's going to be a hindrance to entering the gaming world, when Unreal, which belongs to Epic, is not exactly on friendly terms with Apple. Yeah. Put that to the side. Apple has always been trying to get into gaming, but all the companies which make the GPUs... Such as, you know, NVIDIA and um uh what's it called? Oh, I forgot the name now. Uh, oh. This is what a holiday does to you.
0: Yeah, this is what five beers do to you. But um, uh, basically, if yeah. you're
1: Team Green or Team Red, and those who are in the know will know. So updated drivers, working with different hardware, that sort of thing. AMD. AMD, that's the <laughs> one. Yeah, Apple is always, every time a new Mac comes out, for example, they always showcase one of the most recent AAA games, saying this runs perfectly on the Mac and can be found on the App Store. And then it never launches with the new Mac. It's always a little bit late. And then Apple doesn't like anything outside of its walled garden, so it doesn't really get taken up by the mod community, which makes a lot of games better. And gamers love mods, but the Apple audience might not. So I don't know. I personally agree with you that the the ProLine, the in-house designed new GPU looks fantastic. And I have no doubt it is fantastic. Whether or not it will take off for all gamers and developers is a different story
0: altogether. Yeah, true. One other thing maybe worth mentioning, which could be interesting, is this is a three nanometer system on a chip, which is apparently uh, revolutionary or the first of its kind. Which should bring added efficiency, which I'm looking forward to to see. Um, Reviews aren't out yet, so we don't know how good the battery life will be. But uh, Apple is saying up to 23 hours of video playback, which is exactly the same as last year's Pro line. So maybe the battery shrunk. Actually, the whole phone shrunk, but it's got even smaller bezels, so it's slightly smaller. But it's lighter. Yes why
1: well they made a big deal about it and personally i got overhyped about this <laughs> the new chassis on the pro line is made out of rihanna's favorite metal
0: <laughs> <Titanium>. <laughs> yes it's titanium and as an aerospace enthusiast i'm really <laughs> hyped about this as well so it makes it v- much lighter the people who have who have seen the phone and held the phone are saying that it's noticeably lighter so i mean the although the last year's pro is pretty hefty i would say not that it matters but anyway having said that so the 15 the regular one has the chip from last year which is plenty fast honestly but it's it's still not 120 hertz refresh screen it's still like only two two cameras as in like a, a base galaxy s23 is probably more feature rich Completely agree, but I think it's the Apple upscale model.
1: If you're desperate for an iPhone, you will buy that base model anyway, yeah. because there is no competition. Yeah. But if you want to go head to head with like the best Android phone and go on a spec war, which is something Apple have always avoided, then you go for the Pro Max. And that's the upsell yeah. that they're trying to do. To, you know, Features which probably could have filtered down are limited
0: to the Pro range. Yeah, Exactly. But anyway, we'll see. I, I still have to admire Apple every time they do one of these keynotes because the minute it ends, I'm on the website and I want to buy every one of their products. <laughs> and then I kind of think about it as like, no, Marco, you don't really need another phone.
1: No, no, you don't think about it. <laughs> you text everyone in your phone book and say, I need this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did text you when you were sitting right in front of me. But yeah, anyway. They also talked about the new Apple Watch Series 8, 9? I even I lost count. The Series 9, as well as the Ultra 2. Honestly, I don't know what changes. It's, it's the same. Yeah. Like, I think what everybody is really hoping for for these devices is for the battery life to be significantly better. But that's not going to be the case. So never mind.
1: Yeah. So maybe a deeper discussion which could be had is... Especially in Apple's ecosystem, new hardware innovations are not as exciting as they once were. For example, this generation, they changed from a stainless steel chassis to a titanium one, and they were forced to put USB-C. If you hadn't made those changes, the phone is
0: essentially identical to last year's. Yeah, pretty much. So, never mind. Anyway, moving on... (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously we don't prepare anything nope. because we haven't been watching any. I mean, we've been <laughs> watching a bunch of Spanish TV, which is actually not bad. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they don't have much reality on it. And uh, they have a lot of like classic movies. And I don't mean that in a bad sense. I mean, they have good quality movies spanning several decades on for out several times of a day. So you can channel surf and you'll come across a classic. So we saw... Some Tom Hanks movies we saw. Having said that, I say we saw. We didn't stay in and watch them. We just, whilst we were getting changed, saw them. So Spanish TV gets two thumbs up from me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but that means we haven't really seen any TV series or any movies. But what we have seen is places. (laughs) Yes. So if
1: you want a very bad, very rough guide of Andalucía, which is where we have spent the last two weeks, you are welcome, and you can continue listening.
0: Cool. So we started our trip in Malaga, visited a bit Malaga. We had both already seen it, so nothing nothing much to add there. But it, not mu- Nothing much to add, but I would still recommend coming to Malaga if you've never been. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're visiting Andalusia, you're very likely to come to Malaga first, given that the airport is pretty big.
1: True. So It's between Seville and Malaga.
0: Yeah. But anyway... So we visited Malaga, really cool city center, highly recommended, tons, tons of bars and restaurants to visit. The food is insane and it's yeah. insanely cheap, especially if you're coming from the Netherlands or the UK. Like yeah. we Yeah. If
1: you're coming from Africa, maybe not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Africa, that's our next stop. We stopped in Cadiz for, for a few days, Yeah. but we did a little detour through Gibraltar and Tarifa, which uh, Gibraltar is a super, super weird experience because it is part of the United Kingdom. Yep. Well, it's a British overseas territory. Okay, so it's not part of the UK.
1: You could go into the politics of it. So it's part of the UK, but it's considered an overseas territory. So it belongs to the UK. When you're in it, like you are under the responsibility of the UK. So the postal service, the healthcare, education, everything is governed by the United Kingdom.
0: Yeah and to you basically and you cross the border when you walk across it and I think this is the first time I walked across a border yeah in my life and then you it's weird because the sky and the scenery is still the same but you're in the UK there's like costa coffee and there's morrison's and
1: yeah red phone boxes red post boxes there's the royal mail
0: union jacks everywhere everything is in pounds and it's just but it's the same place like you literally just walked across
1: it's probably like the hottest place in the uk
0: oh yeah by far
1: by far and um yeah it's just a surreal experience and a lot of i say the locals speak with a very british accent but just something is off. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's almost like a nightmare version of Britain where it looks the same, but it's not quite right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's super weird. But the coolest thing, again, with the aerospace enthusiast, you walk like to get to the town. You walk from the border to the town. You walk across the airport, like you walk across yeah. the active runway, which is super. Yeah, weird. they only get I think four British Airway flights a day. Yeah, I think it was, like, two BA and one Ryanair, and they're all from, like, Gatwick or whatever. So we got to see one of them, and that really made Marco's day. Yeah, no, we got to see two. One landed and one took off. off. It was fantastic. And then the other place we visited that has something to do with Africa is Tarifa, which is the southernmost point in continental Europe. I mean, there's some, like, Greek islands that are further south. But in continental Europe, this is the southernmost point, and it is the narrowest point of the Strait of Gibraltar. So from a little balcony there, you get to see Africa, which is pretty, pretty mind blowing. It is super mind blowing. And it's not like you see Africa in the distance. You
1: realize how close it actually is. And then obviously, especially in this part of the world, mythology is a big thing so much so that it's represented on the official Andalusian flag, and you've got the, the Strait of Gibraltar and the Pillars of Hercules, and you just realize how close Africa is. So um, that was just quite cool to do, even though if you break it down, you're just looking across a body of water
0: to another bit of land. But it was pretty yeah, cool. okay, if you want to take the magic away from it, <laughs> then fine. Following that, we went to Cadiz, yeah. which is... My personal favorite, yeah, especially the old town. So yeah. it's divided into two. It's basically like a strip of land that, like, a little peninsula or an island. Or yeah, I think
1: like it's that. a little peninsula, but tiny yeah. and super old. First settled by the Phoenicians, which predate the Romans, and uh, has always been an important port. And as you can imagine, being a little peninsula, which was heavily fortified even back then, it's remained essentially unconquered and independent. And Because of that, it's quite unique, and it's surrounded by water on all three sides, and it's got eight kilometers of beaches, and the architecture is interesting, the history is interesting, and I just fell in love with the place. I mean, uh, you know, I went running in the morning uh, for some absurd reasons. I (laughs) I know, but uh, it was actually incredible, especially when you hit that golden hour. It's got these beautiful cathedrals, but then like a tightly packed old city. It was just super nice,
0: and not too touristy and again amazing food super cheap probably the best meal we had there or we had in the last two weeks was there and it was just amazing and it was like incredibly cheap
1: we can talk about the food later because we can give you our impressions and recommendations
0: yeah but then we left cadiz behind and went did a little two-hour trip in jerez de la frontera which was all right i mean it It broke up the journey would i
1: make it a, a special detour otherwise no
0: no exactly But, um, and that took us to Seville, which is honestly gorgeous. Like, I would live there now.
1: I think it's the kind of city I'd want to live in. As in, it has so much history. The architecture is absolutely stunning. Again, beautiful weather, beautiful food. The only thing, and it's not even a criticism, it's more of an observation. It's a busy city, so it's very lively, probably amazing to live in. It wasn't so much fun to drive into not knowing where you had to go and i kind of think if you want to relax it's not maybe the best place
0: yeah but it does have a really cool like key on the river yeah it's like full of bars and like really no the
1: city is great like if i was living there with my current salary i wouldn't do it in a second but uh you know if you're wanting to have like a siesta and just relax seville is not the place to go for that yeah i mean it's
0: more yeah it's more of a city
1: it's my it's a tourist destination in the like if you want to go for a city break i could think of nowhere better
0: yeah exactly and then we visited cordoba Cordoba. which is a little jewel of a city yeah but it's little it is little i
1: but i do think it's worth the journey so jerez if it's on your way stop for a couple of hours that's fine but cordoba i would go out of my way to see it so it's uh, dominated by. The Mesquita, which is a massive mosque which was converted to a church um, after the Spanish Reconquista. You can look at that on Wikipedia. But what makes it stunning is A, its size, and B, the fact that it has lots of Islamic features and architecture, but converted to like Christianity. So it's very unique because not many places in the world have that sort of mix. And the town itself is beautiful. Not being as big a city, you can find absolutely stunning food for, even by Spanish standards, cheap prices.
0: Yeah. And then after that, we drove to Granada. Yep. Which, again, really beautiful city, little, very compact and very tight, uh, very little streets in the city center. Also a nightmare to drive in. Yeah. Like the driving itself is fine. It's not very trafficy, but it's just very narrow streets. And um, we we miraculously didn't damage the car.
1: So we joked about it before we left because the sort of residence that we booked looked really nice in the pictures. And it was absolutely fantastic. But every single email and communication I received from them also included like in bold red writing, like visa of instructions on how to get here. And we were like, God, how hard can it be? And then we like, we quickly found out it it, for us, it went smoothly, but um, it's maybe the only place in the world where we just kind of, you know, look for places to go eat and we'd put it in Google maps as you would. And to walk from A to B would take like eight, 15 minutes or something like that to drive would take like 35 minutes because of the narrow roads and the one-way systems, you know, you make a wrong turn, you've lost 40 minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was one time where we Googled like a restaurant that just, that was just pretty much down the street. Yeah. And it was like a five minute walk. walk or a 34 minute drive, which is the first time we've ever seen anything like it, but super, super cool. And then At least I got to visit the Alhambra, which you had already seen, and it is fantastic. Yeah, like If you're in Granada or if you're in this area, you need to visit it, but buy the tickets in advance because you can't buy them on the day.
1: Especially in high season. Like in high season, you'll need to book much more in advance than you think you would.
0: Yeah. And then now we're back in the Malaga area. So right now we're in Torremolinos, which is just next to it. And it's just like a beach town. Yeah,
1: just to have, Um, I mean... We said we wanted to do beach, but yesterday we did a pretty impressive hike along what was originally the workers' kind of path for maintenance of a system of dams, which is in the Malaga area, but it goes through some spectacular scenery on the cliff edge, and you're literally walking along the cliffs. And it's only opened to tourists in 2015, and it's called the Caminito del Rey. So that took up most of one day, having to go there, do the walk, and obviously come back. So we had planned to do a little bit more beach, but we ended up only kind of doing like a day and a bit.
0: Yeah. And do it because it's really, it's really impressive. If you're afraid of heights, you're going to (laughs) suffer. (laughs) There is this one bit that you are crossing a bridge that's made out of wire. Crossing a
1: really narrow and deep gorge.
0: Yes. And it's also super windy and the bridge moves. With all the people passing on top of it. Um, I'm not a really, I'm not a big fan of heights. And I was pretty terrified.
1: I loved it. I, <laughs> It was great. I took pictures. And uh, it's not very reassuring that just before that bridge, like, we had a guide. And she was uh, telling us how so many people died at this point in the past. So I think it's perfectly safe. You're given helmets, so don't worry about it. But it was great.
0: Kind of afraid of heights, but recommend it. And that's that's it. Then here we are. So I would say food recommendations: don't eat paella, don't drink sangria. sangria because that's it's not from here. And we we asked for sangria once, and the waiter told us no. We drink tinto de verano here, which is basically red wine with like orange or, or like lemonade. lemonade or something like that, which is very refreshing. Um, in terms of food, just take advantage of all of the seafood that's here. I've been having a lot of tuna (laughs) it's very good but you can find all sorts of stuff here the the food is so varied and there's meat so yeah the
1: local food is incredibly varied and the andalusian cuisine is very very rich very varied again it's an observation as marco insinuated don't come here expecting spanish highlights like you know if you come here asking for paella they kind of get angry and the same applies to maybe international cuisine so if you come here and you're like desperate for sushi this might not be the best place or if you're desperate for i don't know anything which isn't from this region of spain you know you might be disappointed now don't get me wrong they have it but the yeah. local
0: cuisine is by far the highlight yeah i mean and also all the ingredients are super fresh and the fish is super good you would not be doing yourself a favor by eating other cuisine
1: okay and marco talking about things which are super good what do you think about the beer
0: it's uh it's not super good i mean it's fine don't don't get me wrong but it's just a blonde beer it's really average and
1: that's marco's review
0: unfiltered that's my unfiltered review of the rubia sin filtrar from Carrefour. i guess but anyway three uh, yeah three out of six it's it's fine as in i wouldn't Like if I had to pick between this or like a San Miguel or an Alhambra or whatever Spanish beer that I would have by the beach and it's like ice cold, I'd pick that one.
1: I couldn't agree more. So my beer is exactly the same. It's an IPA and it does have elements of an IPA in terms of its flavor, but compared to other IPAs we've reviewed on this, it's really not as good. I think in this weather, in this climate, go for the Spanish beers, go for your, your light cervezas. This, again, I'd give it a three out of a six
0: pack. Very well, Des. And that concludes our episode on location in Spain. Hopefully we'll get to have more of these and hopefully we'll get to go on more trips because I'm having a really good time. Oh, that's very sweet of you to say.
1: I guess I'll speak to you
0: next time. All right. See ya.